0: Hey Rachel. Hello Brian. So how you know how was the week?
1: (laughs) Uh, Where do we even begin with that question? Normally you ask me and I can say um, it's been terrible or it's been abysmal or some permutation of you know something awful but This week I I don't even know how to describe it. I feel like I've emerged from the depths of hell. And
0: and yet we're still in hell somehow. (laughs) Somehow, yes. We're still there. It's been a month, uh, but we're back and uh, we have we've been building up the the pile of nope. So coming up is the nopiest nope episode of all the nopes. This is nope.
1: The podcast where we shut it down.
0: My name is, no, my sign is, no, my number is, no You need to let it go, you need to let it go, need to let
1: it go
0: go. Okay, Rachel, so I feel like I've been through a lot, but you've been through a lot more than I've been through
1: Yeah, yeah, so just to um, recap, the last time we recorded was a month ago uh, we had our social distancing spectacular, I think seemed, we were, it seems
0: so innocent at the time what I know what, we, the halcyon we were, days of youth, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we were social distancing even back then we were, <laughs> we were ahead of the curve.
0: we were flattening the curve before there was a curve
1: yes and and so um, You know, since then, despite our best efforts to flatten the curve, uh, you and I both came down with the coronavirus. And Josh, my healthy, um, amazing yoga three robust. times a week robust. practicing husband, robust, he had a severe case. He was um, hospitalized for almost two weeks. Half of those days he was on life support. Um, he made a miraculous recovery, and he's doing much better now. Thank God. But I just want to emphasize that um, everything we were told about this virus was a fucking lie. I mean, I realize that the listeners of this podcast probably know this already, and I'm preaching to the choir. And we knew, you and I knew that this was going to be much worse than the moron, magical thinker Donald Trump was saying. But the lies these days that are coming out of our government have been truly astonishing. Even even for them, even by their low standards. Um, First, it was that it was just fifteen cases; it would go down to zero. And if you're young and in good health, you'll be fine. It's just like the flu. And then it was like everyone who wants a test can get a test. And all of these statements are the exact 100 percent opposite of what is actually. Yeah, you you
0: lived it. This isn't like you know CNN reporting from Elmhurst Hospital. Like you were there. No,
1: I know. I know for a fact everything is a lie. So. Um, this virus strikes randomly it is vicious, it is unpredictable it can affect anybody um, it has now killed over 15,000 Americans, it is not easy to get a test still and uh, depending on where you are it's it's harder some places than others and because the testing companies are so backed up it can take over a week to get your results, my test which I was only eligible to get because Josh was on a ventilator um, took 8 days to get my results back so i just want to lay that out there um i'm processing everything still and it was really a fucking nightmare i'm so grateful to you brian and all of my friends and listeners of our podcast who reached out and sent their prayers and thoughts um for a quick recovery for josh and i'm writing about this experience um but if you guys have any questions for us about the coronavirus, we're not doctors, but we, <laughs> we do. play them on a podcast. We play them on TV, <laughs> and we have a lot of information, and we'll, we'll tell you everything we know. So tweet at us, email us at thisweekinnope at gmail.com, and we'll answer all yeah, your questions. You got
0: an incredible reaction. There was this incredible video of Josh leaving the hospital. Uh, yes. which we weren't sure when he would do. And uh, he got a standing ovation. All the staff from the hospital came the out. The entire
1: and then- hospital came out. It was just such a moving display of shared humanity and gave me so much hope for the future. It was amazing.
0: Well, and then, uh, then Rachel, what happened when you got home? There's so, <laughs> right. So Josh got back
1: last Wednesday, and we were really excited yesterday because it had been one week since he returned, and he'd been getting stronger every day, and it was Passover. So we were just excited to celebrate in these trying circumstances. And there's this really menschy guy that I have to call out. He lives in... Um, my na- the neighborhood where I'm staying in West Hampton, um, and his name is Michael Dowpelt. He's a friend of a friend, and we haven't really met because he's just been kind of running errands for my family and dropping them off on the doorstep, which is incredibly kind. And the other day he dropped off a couple of Passover Haggadahs, or Haggadot, and I put them on the table, and I turned around to pay attention to AJ, my child, and then a few minutes later, AJ says... Mommy, Coco's eating a book. And I turn around and it's one of the Haggadot. So, Michael, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm sorry. Coco ate the Hagada. No good deed goes unpunished. Um, was it I ordered you new ones. Was it serviceable? No, oh, no. No, it was no, beyond, it was, it beyond, was beyond repair. repair. It was like one of them is serviceable, the other one is gone. So, I ordered him new ones. Um, but the point is that this was really a cry. For help from Coco. I mean, she has been really struggling. She misses her doggy friend. She misses going to the dog park. Missed, she missed it's, Josh.
0: She missed Josh. She missed
1: Josh. It's been really hard on Coco. So I understand why she did that. She really wanted to get our attention.
0: Right. So I guess to sum up, it's been uh, one hell of a month. For yes. you guys especially, a little bit for me. And uh, we've, we've been really excited to get back to this podcast. But you may not know, like we started out never doing any research, but you could tell. We do a little research. We pick the topics. We find some quotes. We do a little bit. And Rachel and I talked yesterday to plan out the podcast. And we we're like, we are in no mood to do any research. We're for in no podcast. position to no, do anything. we're not qualified. <laughs> so we said, we're excited to talk to each other, to talk to you, our listeners. We're not excited to do any work. So forgive us if this episode is like deranged and even less organized than usual and poorly researched and highly speculative in fact yes so um basically just another week at dope
1: so just bear with us we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna get into the nopes now
0: (laughs) okay so i've been like this like crazy person like just documenting the insanity because of course none of us can turn off the tv and um you see the insaniac so i'm gonna give a little Parade of COVID insaniacs. These are like the deniers the people who are untethered from reality the like trump zombies So the first one I want to talk about is Ted Cruz Um, This should come as no surprise Ted Cruz has actually been in quarantine twice for this and yet he thinks that we're all overreacting He says it is not the zombie apocalypse and uh the real culprit here is the media. Whoever
1: said it was?
0: Like, who? <laughs> right? That's the bar. If it's below <laughs> like, the zombie apocalypse, then you're overreacting. So, okay, okay All this comes out on Laura Ingram. I, I've never even seen this person. Um, but uh, the the theme here is that the new, uh, you know, villain of all of this is the media, because they say the media. Ted Cruz said the media is rooting for the virus to get worse. He said, "I think too many partisan Democrats want to just." Uses catastrophe to attack Trump. And oh right,
1: that's that's the their only talking point is the media hates Trump. Well, that's what they Trump get,
0: like... Trump gets up at his uh, at his little carnival uh, campaign rallies there, yeah. and it's yes. just an opportunity to like yell at Jim Acosta and whoever yes. else, right? Jonathan Carl, he'll never make it. And then of course, uh, Ted Cruz's twin brother Marco Rubio, he said that the media can't control their glee and delight. Yes, as the corpses are piling up in refrigerated like in, trucks, like even
1: in like media, like colleagues of these people are dying, and they're saying that like they're gleeful about it. It's disgraceful. People it is are losing jobs.
0: Okay, you know who's worse than Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio? Um,
1: I, I mean, there's a lot of people. There, it's <laughs> it's a real that. rogues gallery. <laughs> okay, how about
0: how about Devin Nunes? Um, um, right. an abomination. He, he was against the quarantine. Um, huh. He says, more people will die from staying home than from going out. Um and and here's the quote. He said, but I will just say one of the things, you, this is on Laura Ingram too. One of the things I will say, one of the things is if you're healthy, you and your family, it's a great time to just go out, go to a local restaurant. Likely you can get in, get in easily. And then two weeks later, when it was obvious that you needed to stay in and not go to bars, he said, don't say that I was telling people to go out to bars and drinks and go to discotheques and whatever other nonsense they were doing so discotheques <laughs> yeah, that's the real scandal of that quote
1: <laughs> like who's going to a discotheque i would like to see laura ingram ted cruz devin Nunez and in one covid in, at a disco covid dish. discotheque <laughs> behind the velvet rope
0: <laughs> doing bottle service <laughs> yes. popping bottles with the models in <laughs> <Enjoy>. the discotheque <laughs> Okay, um, I have some more random bullshit that Devin Nunes says, but I want to move on to the worst of them all, which is Peter Navarro. Now, Rachel, you and I have a long history with Mr. Navarro. Can you just recap it? Because we've been doing segments on him for a long time.
1: Yeah, well, Peter Navarro is like a crank economist. Nobody takes him seriously. The only reason why he works for the White House is because Jared Kushner like Googled, like, China trade and found him on like a book on Amazon about how he doesn't like China. So <laughs> China. he's like, <laughs> and so he's like against trade. He, he's just a, he's a crank and he quotes himself in his own books because he can't find anybody else to back <laughs> up his insane claim. So he created an alter ego named Ron Vara, which is an anagram of his own name. And when this was found out, he was just like, yeah, of course. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, but like the epigram, like the little quotes at the beginning of each chapter are like yes. attributed to Ron Vara. But it's him. But it's him. Okay. Who okay. among us has not written a book where we quote I ourselves? quoted
1: our own alter ego because we can't find anybody else to back up our claims. Okay. okay.
0: So he became, uh, Trump uh, tapped him as the U.S. trade representative, which basically makes him an ideal candidate, along with Jared Kushner, to become the COVID czar. Um, and there's so many different overlapping czars and, and you know, uh, departments. Nobody knows who's in charge.
1: It's on purpose. To, it's to just to create chaos and right. confusion.
0: Right. So uh, Peter Navarro decided that he is a doctor and knows better than Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> and, Dr. Uh,
1: Anthony Fauci, who is like... A, a
0: god among doctors.
1: An, who has dealt with pandemics his entire right. life. He's, He's the
0: leading epidemiologist of this century. <laughs> last century as well, but he knows better. So someone asked him, I guess on CNN, someone said like, what qualifies you to, you know, debate Anthony Fauci? Uh, And he said, my qualifications in terms of looking at the science is that I'm a social scientist. I have a PhD and I understand how to read statistical studies, whether it's in medicine, the law, economics or whatever. I'm not a doctor, but I have common sense. So I mean, like, someone who knows English literature has a Ph.D., right? Like, a professor of poetry has Ph.D.
1: I think he's closer to being a doctor than to having common sense.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyone who doesn't understand the difference between a Ph.D. and an M.D., like, like I bet A.J. knows the difference, or will soon know the difference.
1: But, like, even so, just there's – no deference to expertise in this well, administration it's that, like that's
0: a common theme okay so yeah um but then here's the ironic part but i want us to pick this apart it turns out that there there you know we're learning that ever earlier there are these memos and studies that are warning the white house about the pandemic as soon as it showed up in wuhan they were like the equivalent of war games and Things like that. Of course, Trump had nothing to do with it. These were like actual professional people who did this. But then somehow, allegedly, Peter Navarro wrote the first memo to Trump warning about COVID. Now,
1: Right. Warning about that it could be catastrophic. I mean, like. Something something
0: like, doesn't add up here. Something doesn't no. add up. So I have, I have some theories. Okay. <laughs> well, you had the theory that he wrote it only with the intention of it being leaked or he wrote it after the fact and then leaked it. I think
1: if- he leaked it himself to like sort of show that he was, that he knew what was going on.
0: Okay. So I have another theory, which is I think this guy writes memos about everything. Like he writes three a day. Warning about everything from pandemics to alien invasions, in the hopes that one of them at some point will be correct. And he can go back and say, I warned you. So I think, like, right before and after this pandemic, there was an alien invasion, a zombie apocalypse, all of this, which he's on top of as a speaking as a PhD. And this is the one that just happened to match uh, reality.
1: Right. Like, a broken clock is right twice a day. Right. Twice a day. Exactly. I think he's
0: he's the broken clock. (laughs) 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 <laughs> okay, so that that's my parade of COVID Insaniacs. Nope,
1: to all these people. Nope, to all Absolutely. these people.
0: Listeners, this is a great example of audience interaction. There are so many, we couldn't name them all. These are the ones who just infuriated me the most. So if you have other ones you can think of, uh, let us know. Tweet us, at, Brian Heck, at Rachel D. We'd love to hear your nominations for COVID Insaniac of the Week.
1: Yes, please let us know. There's, okay. there's so many to choose from. Um, so yeah. Okay. So I mean, I like, I'm going to vomit. I don't even <laughs> want to talk about this, but I, I'll just go ahead. <laughs> so people, they say that this government is incompetent and, and they are not incompetent. They are incompetent at in governing, but they are highly competent at what they do best. And what they do best is grifting. Yes. That's what all that, they know how to do. That's been so a theme
0: since episode one of this podcast, Grifter yes, Nation. Yes.
1: They are very good at it. So It's it a founding should, principle. Su- yeah. Yes. It should surprise nobody that they are cashing in on this pandemic. And it is... Disgusting. So, um, you know, even though Mike Pence is technically the head of the coronavirus task force, there's a competing faction in the White House being led by Jared Kushner, um, that great genius who's taking a break from fixing the opiate crisis and brokering peace in the Middle East, and he's here to keep us all safe and healthy. Um, according to Politico, Jared is working alongside government officials from FEMA, Health and Human Services, and USAID to solve a range of logistical and technical challenges. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I mean, this guy. He can't, this even guy
0: his, he can't even put his pants on in the morning. He's going to he, solve the logistical he crisis. He can't
1: even. He couldn't even manage the New York Observer. Like, he couldn't even do real estate, you know? He, like, made the worst real estate deal in the history of the world, and that was, like, his family business. So what is Jared really doing here? He is grifting, Um, remember last month when uh, Donald Trump promised Americans Mm -hmm. that they would soon be able to access this new website? It's going to be a beautiful website. And it would ask them about their symptoms, and then it would direct them to nearby coronavirus testing sites. Google
0: Google was making it.
1: Google. He said Google was doing it. Beautiful company.
0: Tremendous company.
1: (laughs) Tremendous. Beautiful. (laughs) They had 1,700 engineers working on it. Well, that was a lie. Um, And who was really working on the website was Oscar Health, (laughs) Which is run by Jared's brother, Joshua Kushner, who is married to Carly Kloss, the model. And incidentally, when Jared was first added to this pandemic response task force, his first thing that he did was to reach out to Carly Kloss's dad, who happens to be a doctor. I once interviewed him when I wrote a story about Carly. Very nice guy. But I mean,. He's not like, an not- <laughs> epidemiologist. <laughs> what is he
0: like a plastic surgeon? Like-
1: no, he's like an ER doctor in St. Louis, okay. you know? So he like reached out to him to find out what to do, and Carly's dad was, you know, very, you know, riveted by the idea to help to help the country. So he started crowdsourcing ideas on Facebook from other doctors. Um which would not have been necessary if Donald Trump hadn't fired the National Security Council's entire pandemic response team in two thousand. And and, and, right? yes. no and and the C D
0: C and the C D C right? There's no
1: and reduce funding for the C D C, yes. So um so anyway, according to The Atlantic, Oscar Health built this website but it was only live for, like, a minute. And then it, like, mysteriously disappeared. And nobody knows what happened to it. And I want to say here that they were, that Jared was worried about, like, the appearance of conflicts of interest. But that's no, not it. I have another. Problem of theory. conflicts
0: of interest. Right. Yeah, what's your theory? I <laughs>
1: think that maybe this website worked too well. Like, maybe it actually helped people find testing centers. And Donald Trump doesn't want testing because oh, right, he wants to continue numbers. to keep the numbers artificially low so he can lie to the american public and divert resources to his cronies and line his pockets with blood money because that's what he and his crime family do best so sure, i mean no, that's the that's the no. ultimate
0: thing is control the flow of information right yes god remember right. the quaint remember the quaint old days when he didn't want let the cruise ship to dock because it might add 50 patients to oh because
1: i like the numbers where they are right yeah.
0: exactly exactly well yeah uh oscar terrible company my god
1: oh my god i mean just nope to all of this just we we have to vote (laughs) we have to get these people out of office this is such this is so disturbing i'm i'm seriously never going to stop throwing up (laughs) ever
0: don't let me stop you (laughs) (laughs) never never stop stop it (laughs) okay Um, there's more grifting right a little more there's more
1: there's grifting everywhere so um we talk a lot on this podcast about Elon Musk. He's kind of the patron saint of Argu- no p-
0: Arguably too much, some have said, but let's, yes, let's, uh, but let's roll we, with we it. We like
1: him. Um, but we don't really discuss his brother, Kimball Musk, who is also a, a big, you know, he's, I don't know if he's a billionaire, but he's definitely a very rich I have never heard, before entrepreneur. Before this,
0: I had never heard the name Kimball Musk.
1: <laughs> really well, no it's a great name
0: kimball musk. Kim,
1: kimball musk he's out and about and he's um he's, <laughs> he's horrible <laughs> he's in the wild he looks like elon musk except he wears a cowboy hat because he's I like rugged i, he's one I think earth. he's
0: i think he's kind of hot I, I i think he like he looks like beck if beck mated with elon musk
1: Oh, that's really interesting. Yes, like Beck in like the Odile. Yeah, like, Beck's like cup.
0: soft Scandinavian features, plus Elon Musk's like South African ruggedness.
1: Yes, right, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so he looks like this cowboy, and he's got this sustainable restaurant chain called Next Door. And um, much like tech companies he told his employees a bunch of bullshit about how they were like family and would be there for them no matter what and he created this family fund that workers could contribute to and then access in the event of an emergency and then there was this huge fucking emergency the coronavirus um and so far the business had to literally shut down so the company takes what they describe as a temporary two-week pause during which some employees tried to access this Family fund for emergencies. And on March 21st, according to the Huffington Post, the management emailed workers to tell them that the family fund was changing. <laughs> um, under for, the the new pro- for the better. For the better. For the better. For the better. It was evolving. Um, under the new program, employees would get a $400 grant within one or two days. But if they already applied to the fund, they would need to reapply through this new link. Where was, know, A, where
0: was the link? $400. I know, but where was the link? Did B, did it go to Oscar Health? Like where?
1: It went to Oscar Health. <laughs> the link never came, okay? So 2 days later 100 of these people were officially out of a job and this all happened halfway through what they called the temporary two-week pause so it surprised some workers and they said, "What about this family fund? where's the link?" And then the company told them, that's only for current employees and now there you're the are former. no current employees) <laughs>
0: It's so it's sad. Really, we shouldn't be laughing it's, at it. It's, but so, it's, we,
1: it's so disturbing. So, Kimball Musk, I say, fuck no, you, fuck and you. the horse you rode in on. You you what a piece even, of shit. You don't even what deserve a, <laughs> a nope.
0: You're a, just a <laughs> fuck you, you fuckwad. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh, fuck you. Nope. Not. No, nope, thank you. Nope, nope,
1: nope. Um, so okay, so there's this story in the New York Times this week, and it was just jaw dropping. It um it was the tale of Olivia and Raul de Freitas, their 27 year old teacher and a 28 year old butcher from South Africa, and they just got married. And, um even as the whole world was shutting down amid a global pandemic, these two morons decided to go ahead <laughs> with their honeymoon to a five star resort called the cinnamon Velafushi in the maldives, where room rates
0: wait they they <laughs> wait they left for the honeymoon after the after covid started
1: they, yes, so room rates at this okay. at this resort go for seven hundred and fifty dollars a night. They left for their honeymoon on March 22nd. This is like, you know, very well into the the pandemic. And so they plan to stay there for a week. And basically, they're still there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Are
0: there no flights or they won't let them? So what
1: happened was like all the airports in South Africa shut down while they were there. And they were unable to get off this island nation. Um, so they reached out to the South African consulate and a representative told them via WhatsApp that there happened to be 40 <laughs> other South Africans stranded in various what? places in the Maldives. And their only option home would be to hire a chartered jet at their own expense for 104 $1000 and these people I mean it's a butcher and a teacher right like
0: <laughs> a butcher and a baker and a candlestick maker <laughs> and so like
1: all 40 of these south africans could have split the cost but the government was only able to connect with 20 of them and many of them were refusing to contribute so by the weekend these two were the only guests left at the cinnamon velafushi and they decided <laughs> to make the best of their extended honeymoon and so they were like snorkeling and playing table tennis or whatever. But meanwhile, this is the worst part. The the resort's entire staff, they were there and they were required to work and so the government regulation
0: for, for two for two for guests. For two
1: guests. So the entire staff of this five-star resort.
0: Wow, the get the guest to staff ratio is amazing. It's amazing, right?
1: So they won't allow the government regulations won't allow any Maldivians to leave resorts until after they undergo a quarantine that follows their last guest departure. So the staff had grown listless and lonely and they doted on this couple ceaselessly. The room boy would check on them five times a day. The dining crew made them this elaborate candlelit dinner on the beach. And every night, the performers would put on a show for them at the resort's restaurant. It's like a dystopian nightmare. But wait, what?
0: Like, why was it in their interest to be nice to them? I thought they would try to drive them out. <laughs>
1: why I mean? There's so many questions <laughs> these two here. Should
0: be taking, these two shouldn't be taking advantage of this hospitality. They should flee the Cinnamon Vanilla Resort, <laughs> right? And like, go, 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 live in a cave somewhere. No, these, they deserve should it. Take
1: matters into their own hands and tell the, the the staff at the resort. You know what? You don't have to entertain us. It's okay. No, or let
0: th- let them live in the rooms, and the couple should go serve them. And the
1: couple should serve them. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. But meanwhile, they're draining slowly their entire savings because they have to pay
0: for this resort. Wait, they still have to pay the $750 a night?
1: <laughs> they got a reduced rate, but I don't know how much it is. <laughs> and so the lockdown in South Africa is supposed to last until April 16th. But that's always moving, so who knows? And in the meantime, this teacher and this butcher, they're stuck there. And the South Africans at all the various resorts, they were consolidated to a different <laughs> Five-star resort.
0: Wait, this is like the shtetl. So it's like the, the, the ghetto.
1: The South Africans and the, the Maldives. Maldives. They're all together. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it serves the South Africans right. They had after apartheid at the townships. Good. Round them up. Put them in the Maldives. Well,
1: they're they're whatever. So they're at this beautiful resort, and they are there indefinitely, and they're, they have to pay the tab. So... I don't know, Olivia, Raul. Why would you go on this trip in the first place? What were you expecting? Like,
0: go move to a cave. No, no, No,
1: absolutely not. Absolutely (laughs) not. Nope. Nope. So many nopes.
0: That was a. That was a good terrible story. Yes. Okay, I just I have uh, one last little package of items. Um, you know, sometimes the worst crises bring out the best of our culture. Like, I think I've mentioned this before, the Great Depression ushered in the golden era of film. You like to Hollywood. talk about that a lot. It's like
1: one of your favorite <laughs> like things. Tropes. <laughs>
0: That's my all-purpose introduction. I carry a little post-it note with me. (laughs) Like, Like, even, like,
1: when it's totally inappropriate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Depression equals golden era of Hollywood. (laughs) Um, The Vietnam War brought us psychedelic rock and roll. Okay. So, um, and then there's been a fashion renaissance that's come out of COVID um and it's it's um <laughs> it's really it's stunning <laughs> it's it's, it's real, something it's to behold <laughs> okay um first uh i'm going to talk about dr burks dr deborah burks um the one who stands up the eminent scientist who stands up on the podium with uh, donald trump and has to listen to his nonsense she always looks like she has gas she looks like she's uh, like in a
1: hostage video <laughs> every day <laughs>
0: But of course everyone knows she has these amazing elegant scarves. So many and, um, scarves. So many. They're varied and and She's glamorous. hoarding them. She's cornered the market. Yeah. Well, it turns out these are not like Hermes high fat. These are like from H&M and Zara, and she's down to earth. And Vanessa Friedman wrote a a piece in the New York Times with the following comment. It's a little long here, but I want to read it because I agree with it. Though Dr. Burks's silk scarves may seem decorative, her mastery of an accessory often considered confusing. How do you fling it? How do you tie it? Telegraph's competence. While they are occasionally draped over one shoulder or wrapped around her shoulders, most often they are tied around her neck, making her resemble nothing so much as a Girl Scout leader, especially when combined with the shirt dresses in muted earth tones that seem to be her favorite garment.
1: Isn't that nice? That is nice. That is.
0: <laughs> I like it when there's relevance to, to the relevance between fashion in society. But of course, no good deed goes unpunished. Um that prompted uh Banana Republic is having a sale on scarves now on Dr. Burke's style scarves. Here's the uh, offensive thing though. It's uh, they're on a 50% off sale, which is great, is that they are labeled in the department of video chat accessories.
1: What? Oh, this is <laughs> crazy.
0: <laughs> So, so they're like Deborah
1: Burke style scarves in video chat. Except, wow. Because you
0: got to look good. There's all this thing, like the Tom Ford article, how to look good on Zoom. Well, here's your 50% off Burke scarf. Um, so
1: you basically could show up to your Zoom meeting like naked, like punch drunk <laughs> with a Burke Scarf. From banana covering or your torso. This is an act of desperation. Up. Oh, my God. When that person is like a fashion icon, wow, this is bad. Things, <laughs> no, things...
0: come on. Don't diss her. She's doing the best with what She's she doing can. She's
1: doing the best she can, but um, it's yeah. still— she, she owns it. Okay. She owns
0: it. Okay, now there's Governor Andrew Cuomo, who's been the model of leadership, the sort of antithesis, the anti-Trump during all of this. Yes. But, of course, what are, what are people obsessed about? His leadership, his candor— his knowledge? No, they're obsessed about his nipples. His
1: nipples are very erect all prominent. the time. Prominent? <laughs> they're prominent.
0: Yeah. So especially when he wears these polo shirts, which is like he has the different outfits. He has like briefing governor, and then he has like action dub governor. <laughs> like, 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 uh, what do they call those? Uh, the like the Star Wars action figure. Yes. Action figure uh, Cuomo. And his nipples are very prominent, which leads to a lot of speculation. He's excited. <laughs> He's like, right? So there's who among um, us
1: wouldn't get excited uh, doing? He a- could
0: be ar- he could be aroused sexually <laughs> or otherwise. It could be very cold in that briefing room. Probably, right? Yes. Yeah. Combination I mean, of think- both. Combination of both, aroused and cold. No judgment. Um, no judgment. But then here's the one. There's a huge Reddit community that is convinced that he has nipple rings.
1: Listen, I would be more surprised <laughs> if he didn't if he have nipple rings.
0: <laughs> 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 he just uh have you ever seen his like his like banter with uh Chris Cuomo? Yes. Uh, yeah, those are really cute.
1: Very cute. And those outfits that he used to wear, like very avant garde. Like yes. lots of bedazzlement.
0: I, have... I hope he overtakes Joe Biden. I hope we have a uh a president with aroused nipple rings.
1: <laughs> that would be very exciting. <laughs> talk
0: about talk about going a one eighty from Trump and from Mike Pence. Wait, so if he were vice president, we would go from Mike Pence, who doesn't want him to be alone in a, a room with a woman, to like S and M bondage. Andrew Cuomo. It's not
1: going to be him though, because it's going to be a woman. Biden already promised well, promised it.
0: Oh, and he would never break a promise.
1: He can't. He just can't. (laughs) Or 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 could. (laughs) Or could.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, uh, nope. no. Okay, I got to give a nope to Andrew Cuomo's nipples. You have more fashion, right? I do. So our
1: friend Christina Binkley, um, she got this press release this week about how Formal Fridays are now a thing that people are doing, and the press release was dated April sixth. So, I mean, this is not a thing people are doing. Everyone, no, there has
0: not yet been a Friday formal, between April sixth and tonight. formal
1: Fridays. So she forwarded it to me, and it says, "As you may know, formal Fridays are the new casual Friday." With that being said, these styles are quickly being added to our shopping carts, and we cannot wait to dress up. And then it included this list of random. Fashion brands that people are apparently buying to wear alone in their homes on Fridays for their Zoom meetings or whatever they're doing. By formal,
0: do they mean like suit and tie or do they mean like tuxedo? Like like dresses
1: and like, you know, elaborate. I don't
0: know. I don't think. I mean, one thing I do miss about uh, quarantine is wearing shoes. Like I very (laughs) seldom put on shoes. And it seems like a, a small a small indulgence and I do have plenty of shoes just sitting there for the wearing. Yeah. But I never seem to put them on. I'm
1: wearing furry slippers all the time.
0: Oh, I don't even bother with those. Yeah, they're so, cozy. Um I I okay, I kinda like that idea. I, I haven't worn my suit or my jab my blazers in ages. I kinda like that well, idea. Well so do
1: it. So do it. Maybe it's a thing for you. Formal Fridays, bring it back. Yeah. I mean, but I, I mean I guess the main thing is that like the way she said it was like, as you may know, Christina's like, <laughs> No, I don't know. And
0: this <laughs> this steam <laughs> the steamrolling social movement. No and <laughs> that so- cannot be ignored. Uh, but I
1: I know for publicists like pitching must be very hard right now. Brooks Barnes had that whole story in the New York Times about how like how do you get people to care about anything whether it's like a movie or a, you know a podcast or a TV show or a fashion brand when they're basically hiding in their homes and like fighting for their lives. It's a it's like a tough position. to... To be in, and I, I feel for them. But you know, here at Nope, we have to advocate a think before you email approach, I think. And formal yes. Fridays are just not, they're just not a thing. It's a nope. Uh, maybe by formal, she meant like wearing a bra or putting on shoes <laughs> or like makeup, 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 like lipstick, maybe. I don't know. But it, formal, no, nobody's getting I even, formal. I don't even.
0: I don't even put in my contact lenses like I sit there with a looking at a blurry screen hoping I don't have to confront no reality. you see
1: me I'm in glasses every day now I'm not I'm just yeah. not doing anything so <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm like this okay. podcast is like the most I've done <laughs> <laughs> the most work we've done
0: <laughs> I'm working very hard you you have it you're doing a different yes. kind of work yes okay so nope shut that all that down like fashion like f- no fashion
1: there's just no fashion 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 is like it'll i hope it comes back i love it but it is now no it is in retreat
0: (laughs) no we're in a we're on a pause we're in the dark ages of fashion Okay, um, I had a couple of other things. I'm going to skip them because we're running kind of long. We really need some yups now. These are the little rays of light, little beacons of hope that we are not abandoning in these dark days. In fact, we're doubling down. Doubling Rachel, down. what's your yup? So
1: yeah. this is going to be a relatively long and um, very serious yup. But I, I have to give a shout out to the staff at um, Northwell Health uh, Peconic Bay Medical Center in Riverhead, um, which is where Josh was for two weeks. Um, Specifically, Dr. Caperna, Dr. Walzer, who oversaw Josh's care at the hospital, and the nurses, uh, Deanna, Jeannie, and Ray, who kept me in the loop the whole time he was there and helped me FaceTime with Josh even when he was on a ventilator because I, I couldn't be there in person, and it was horrible. Um, but they they were amazing, and um, also there were doctors that I consulted with on a daily basis who helped me decode what the doctors at the hospital were telling me. There's um, Matthew Sulba, my friend Mike's brother, Mike, who's been on this podcast, the documentary oh, filmmaker. Yeah. Well, his, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his brother is an infectious disease specialist in Pittsburgh, and he was great. And Dr. Jim Fagan, my dear friend Becky's dad, who's an immunologist, and Last but not least, um, Dr. Natalie Levy, who is our amazing, mm. fabulous cousin who is on the front lines of this battle against the coronavirus at Bellevue Hospital. And all these people are heroes. And it fucking pisses me off to no end that they have been put so far in harm's way because our government failed to act earlier to flatten the curve. And um, I'm just so grateful to all of them. So thank you. You're
0: well, no, I'm going to let that sit. <laughs> I don't really want to top that. I, I, uh, I feel that with you, and I second that yup, and um, let's uh, let's just pause and appreciate it. Yes, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and okay. we'll, I'll, I'll
1: include the, um, the video of Josh at the hospital if anybody didn't see it, because it was really incredible when I went to pick him up.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been a weird episode, and I would expect no less for than these weird times. We warned you coming in. It was totally uh, hope-
1: very odd. It was all over very the Very odd.
0: We hope we didn't totally waste your time, but a lot of you were grateful on Twitter and elsewhere, said you were eager for us to come back. So maybe there were uh, one or two Snickers laughs in here. We tried our best. Um, but we are excited to talk to each other, Rachel. Right? Yes, I mean, we this are. Is the, probably it's probably the longest long time. conversation we've had. Yeah. So we're excited, and we're we're back for good. Um, yeah. As long as long as we can stay sane and, and uh, not lose our will to live, uh, <laughs> we, we will. We Which will we be do here. not know it might happen. We, no, it might, we're, we're taking it week to week. Thank you for listening. This has been Nope, the podcast
1: where we shut it down. got a lot.